We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. fans welcome to pod maverick after dark i'm kirk henderson editor-in-chief over at mavs moneyball joined as almost always by josh bow who is one of my who is the co-editor with me over at mavs moneyball as well and the co-host of this podcast josh how you doing doing pretty good uh glad that we avoided any potential mavericks fans meltdowns mavericks get a good right we can head we can head into the weekend with a meltdown if they get shellacked by Boston on Friday. But this was this was great. This was yeah, great. This was needed. I think if they would have lost this game, there would have you would have had to talk some people off the ledge mm. afterward. But mm. don't have to do that. Don't have to do that tonight. Yep. So happy birthday to our our twenty five year old uh, MVP in the making, Luka Doncic, who posted a hilarious uh, thirty points, sixteen assists, eleven rebounds. He has 30 assists in the past two games to the total of or two and, and matches that with a mere six turnovers, uh, five of which came in this game. Josh, what were you doing at 25? I was uh, living in a studio efficiency apartment trying to trying to make, I think maybe try to afford a new car because I got rear-ended on the highway. So like, uh, I think that was around when that happened uh, and my, my truck got totaled. So, God. so yeah, I was very, I was a very productive member of society back then. I vaguely, I vaguely remember my 25th birthday. My <laughs> wife and I had been married for, gotten married the previous September. We've been together for, she had tricked a bunch of my, or she had tricked me and had a bunch of my friends, friends, Fly into DC, which was like a big, you know, twenty five. You don't have any money. Everybody's like still trying to figure, you know, figure out how to pay off your student loans. Uh, and that, and so I remember that weekend. That was that was pretty fun. But what I wasn't doing 
was was heading towards my fifth straight all NBA team at at 25. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, what a great what a great game. Uh the thing about this game that why it was important to me, and look, you know, you can tell me that the Raptors suck because the Raptors do 20. suck. They do suck. But <laughs> yeah, no. Well, they're they're feisty, but they're not they're missing like the special sauce to go from a mediocre to a good team. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's really it's really nice to see the Mavericks come out and get this win. It was a really fascinating first quarter because Luca, as is his want on his birthdays, came out looking like he he had no desire to play basketball. And the PJ Washington carried the Mavericks early. Kyrie Irving helped carry the Mavericks early. And they just sort of hung around, right? Well, the second quarter is a little bit of a blur for me because my child was being difficult. What what happened in the second quarter? Uh, Turnovers. I mean, that's really the only reason this game was close in the second quarter or really the first quarter. Mavericks had 10 turnovers total as a team in the first half. And for a Mm -hmm. team that's usually around like, what, 12 or 13 for a game, that's a lot. Um, Toronto didn't particularly shoot well in the first half. I think they shot under 45% from the floor in the first half, but they got so many runouts and transition and, and secondary break opportunities that it didn't really matter what the Mavericks were doing in half court defense. Cause they were not playing in half court defense because they kept coughing up the ball and giving Toronto extra possessions. So Luca gave up one where Scotty Barnes just came and took it from behind and it was so uncharacteristic like Luca because Luca just has, you know, he has like 360 degree vision. The man sees everything. And so that was when I was like, ah, God, is this just going to be one of those kind of slogs of a game? And and so the, the fact that the Mavericks went into halftime, pretty sure they're down. They're, they're down, down one. They're down one. Was felt pretty pleasing. Then on the flip side, giving up 67 points, the Toronto Raptors felt actively bad. <laughs> yeah, and again, it was, I mean, Toronto had, they finished this game with, I think, 23 points off turnovers, although I might be reading the stat wrong. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really, I mean, that was it. Mavericks had six turnovers in the second half and basically ran the Raptors off the floor in the second yeah. half. So, yeah. uh, I mean, they scored, Mavericks scored, outscored the Raptors 70 to 58, Yeah, I think, in the second half. So, yeah, I mean... It wasn't very close once the Mavericks kind of they took care of business, like they did what they needed to do. Like the Raptors, like you said, are feisty, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Mavericks, a site for sore eyes, was playing against a defense that likes to drop and and blitz because with Jakob Pertl, while he's a pretty good big man, he is not super super mobile, and he was mostly playing drop or they were doubling. And I, the Mavericks haven't seen a lot of that the last couple of games because yeah, Luca looked confused. He's like, wait, there's two people. This doesn't happen in a, in a in a week. Yeah. So lo and behold, the ball moves a little bit more, and and you had guys other than Luca and Kyrie do stuff. PJ had his best game as a Mav. Tim Hardaway got some open threes finally. Uh, Daniel Gafford was really good in the pick and roll. Uh, both Gafford and Lively had really good scoring games. They were combined ten of they were ten of eleven from the field. Um, and then, you know, they, those lobs were, were not there in the last couple games because teams were just like, we're going to switch and let Luca and Kyrie outscore us. Well, Luca and Kyrie kind of outscored them, and they played a defense that let the role players kind of get free, and the, the role players made their shots uh, to their credit. 
Well, uh, basically everyone that played did something positive to impact. That's a that's a really important point. So when the Mavericks lose, one of the things that I see in all the comments and then on the Twitter is a lot of people bitching about Luca and Kyrie not working together. And beyond me just wanting to utter shut the fuck up to every person that says that, it's look at the other guys. When Luca and Kyrie score 75 and 59 in consecutive games, you should do better than one and one, quite candidly, because that's a preposterous, you know, how many, how many points is that put together? It's like 134 over a two game stretch from two guys. Yeah, I think so. And it's like, you, you can't ask for more for either of them. Someone else has to step up, which was just, I mean, it's lovely seeing PJ Washington confidently step into corner threes. I need like a sports science explanation of how the hell he misses corner threes so badly when he <laughs> steps into these. Cause I'm like, if you haven't shot a basketball in a while, guys go shoot a corner three and then go shoot a, a wing three and tell me what's easier. I, I, I just physically don't understand this. <laughs> However, yeah. he was awesome and he was awesome in a really functional way. And just patience, lots of things going. And what the Mavericks need night in and night out is if you expect a certain level of play from Luka, 22 uh, made field goals between the two guys for 43 uh, uh, field goal attempts. Uh, they Neither one was particularly great on threes. They, had a, they combined for 14 free throws, 17 assists, six turnovers, and 11 re- or 12 rebounds between the two of them. All you really need, not to, not to really overly simplify this, but you need one more guy a game to do something. <laughs> Just something. Yeah. And tonight they had PJ. They had a little bit of a Tim flash. Um, like it was very, you know, it was, I, I tweeted out, oh, Tim Hardaway's having a great game. And then he shot off the side of the backboard. <laughs> he made more threes tonight than he has. In, he's made in the last three games combined. So that was a welcome sight. He hasn't made... He hasn't made four or more three-pointers since February 8th. Uh, so that's a pretty long time for a guy that shoots as many threes as he does. Mm. So that was you know, welcome sight for sure. Then then you had a Daniel Gafford sighting. First, yep. uh, you know, fans were quite reasonably, even though we explained why, fans were reasonably frustrated than Daniel Gafford not playing last night. Man plays 24 minutes tonight, 25 minutes, gets 13 boards. I'm sorry, 13 points and seven rebounds. He did have four turnovers, which is something that we got to be be a little ick about, but delightful to see him bounce back a little bit and get some more shine. Realistically, the, the way Gafford needs to play is he just needs to be more cognizant in space. He needs to challenge shots harder. He needs to run back on defense the same way he leaks out on offense. And I think he... <laughs> It's not that he'll be fine, but because he's still again there gotta be some it, matchups where he just can't play. That and that's fine. But if if you can mitigate the things that you're bad at with effort, I think Jason Kidd will be will be more more willing to play him. I mean, getting beat back on defense is simply a cardinal basketball sin. And these Mavericks collectively suck at it. And when we come back from a short break here, I want to talk about one of the reasons that I think they were a little bit better in transition defense and get your take on it. All right, guys, it's been about 10 minutes into the show. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have the ability to go hit the like on the stream, I would very much appreciate that, as would Josh. While you're down there, go ahead and hit subscribe. There's got to be a way to get notified of when we go live. I, I Whenever I set these shows up, there's an additional thing where one person 
of our 2,500 subscribers somehow like is, is like already waiting. And I think that has to do with like the bell notification. But if you have that ability to, to, you know, join us every time, we would really love to have you. If you're listening on an audio stream, please leave us a review, share with your friends, please shoot me an email. If that's uh, something you know, you got a basketball thing you want to talk about. I tend to answer every email. I am a true sicko. Um, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you're watching the video stream a little bit later, go leave a comment. Love reading the comments after the fact, as well as the comments during the show. Those are always fun. Uh, now we're going to take a short break for a, uh, audio, um, insertion of ads. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Thanks so much. Um, what a big return tonight, Josh. What did you think of the return game? Uh, from a long absence with knee bursitis with Dante Exum. I thought he looked pretty good. 17 minutes. Uh, didn't do a whole lot, like, scoring-wise. I mean, he only took one shot, made a, made an open three, got to the free throw line, made a free throw. The big thing, though, five assists in 17 minutes, zero turnovers. Um, he had more assists tonight coming off the bench than I believe the Mavericks' entire bench had last night against mm-hmm. the Cavaliers. Uh, just the fact that they finally have a backup guard that they can trust, you know, all due respect to the Jaden Hardy fan club. I, you know, as long as Exum and, and THJ and Kyrie and Luca are healthy, I feel like Hardy is going to be the odd man out of the rotation guard wise uh, until further notice. But if that's going to happen, at least, you know, Exum, like his ability to just make passes, like, mm-hmm. He, it's such a big deal, you know, and it allows Kyrie and Luca to to get some minutes on the bench that maybe they couldn't get afford. Real minutes, not yeah. like stolen, hidden hope, and you know, kiss your, stick your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye hope minutes, like the right. real point guard stuff going on. Yeah, and it lets Kyrie play continue to play off ball more if he wants to, and as we've seen with Kyrie, he likes to play off ball, like God, he generally. 
he generally likes to. And I know that sometimes it's a little frustrating for Mavs fans because he's not as aggressive. But it's uh, if he's playing with a good passer. Right. <laughs> right. So now we don't have to you don't have to worry about those minutes where it's Kyrie without Luca and Kyrie's still deferring to like Tim or or Josh Green or someone else. And the offense starts stalling out a little bit. Now Kyrie can play off Exum and play off Luca, whoever's in the game. Uh, and I think that just smooths things out for the full 48 minutes because Exum's a legitimate, like he's not a kind of point guard. Like he's a legitimate point guard. Like he might not be the flashy playmaker that Luca or even Kyrie can be, but he can most certainly run bench backup offense with Kyrie spotting up around him. And he found Kyrie a couple of, like, I think Kyrie was responsible for a couple of his assists. So that was really good to see right away. First game back, basically like hasn't played in two months. Like he's missed 22 of the last 24 games. So just the fact that he was able to make it, was moving around fine, contributed positively uh, to, to winning in this game. I think that's really all you can ask for. And then hopefully he just keeps ramping back up to see if you can get a little bit of that December accent that we saw. Which, if you get any sort of flash of that, and really, my, my sort of expectations for, for Exum and really hopes for Exum is, is if you assume, I think we have 23 games left, maybe 24. If Exum can play 16 of those, I'm going to be really pleased. If Exum is able to play to give Kyrie the like the occasional night off, because Kyrie, after missing a lot of time, has been available, and it links directly to the Mavericks playing better basketball, because obviously he's you know top player on the team along with Luca. Like that, duh, is kind of you know the takeaway there. But him, the ability to get a little rest heading in, the occasional rest heading into the stretch run could be very important. Um, I don't expect him to to go without missing more games, meaning Exum, just because this is his career. He's a minimum contract player. Nebersitis is a funky injury. That said, I'm just I'm I'm really I'm I'm really happy with what we started with because the defense, you know, it's a, a, a shout out to Joe Period Biden in the chat. So the defense is still pretty bad. The defense is weird. I, I, the Mavericks didn't get out rebounded tonight, which is is something that I'm actually more pleased with than than anything else because it feels like sometimes they just get rocked on the boards and and there was a lot of gang team rebounding tonight, which is something. There's there's just a lot of 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 small positives that I I am taking away from this game, and I don't know whether that's that's hopium uh, or it's just it's it's it felt needed. You know, there's there's been a lot of talk as we head into the stretch run that the Mavericks can make this push for like a five, four seed. And like, I don't want to crap on anybody's dreams. It's just hard to win that much. Once you're already, you know, you, you, the Mavericks are nine games over 500. Now the West is just monstrous. Yeah. I think just about every team in the top 10 is 500 or better in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard. I mean, they won seven in a row and moved up well. Uh, one spot in the standings when they won seven in a row so mm-hmm. it's it's less to do about the mavericks and more that this is just a really bare of a conference this it's right. not last year's western conference which felt pretty weak past denver um all these teams are really good like the top 10 teams are all pretty competitive and they're all playing well they're all hitting their stride they're all getting healthier um don't feel like any of these teams are in the top hat in the top 10 of the west are dealing with any like crazy injuries right now like Lakers are healthy. The Warriors got all their guys back. The top four have have pretty much stayed healthy most of the season. So, yeah, it'll be tough. I mean, I think it's you just you just focus. If you know, if you if you standings watch, you might get a little batty, like watching the Mavericks win like three out of four and not go anywhere. 
Um, so that might, you know, if you want to preserve your sanity, maybe just focus on what the Mavericks are doing. Cause you know, they did some good things and I know their defense wasn't great overall. Um, but I really do feel like a lot of it was the turnovers and the tra- sure. and turnovers led to transition. Like Toronto had eight, 20 fast break points, 23 points off turnovers. And the, even with all those Mavericks turnovers, they shot 47% from the field, you know, 37 from three, like, the Mavericks did okay when they got into the half court game. Uh, Toronto shot 20 of 32 at the rim, which 32 at the rim is a lot of attempts, but the percentage is actually pretty good. That's below league average, uh, holding someone to 62% at the rim. Right. Um, so, you know, there was some good and bad. Like the, if the Mavericks weren't so sloppy with the ball, which, hey, second night of a back-to-back, they were tired legs for sure. Uh, maybe this would have been a more dominant win from start to finish, but, I mean, double-digit win – on the road against a team that even though I don't think Toronto is that great, they had one three in a row coming into this game. So, you know, you, you take it, you just got to stable. I mean, really the objective of this game was just, it doesn't matter if they would have won in triple overtime. Like you, you just have to win and put that Cleveland collapse as far in the rear view mirror as you can. You just didn't want that to linger. And I, I thought the Mavericks did a good job with that. The second half. Well, I want to give a shout out to our friends. Hello. At- our friends at We Talk Mavs. Um, I wonder if our our man uh, TGK Kid is in the chat too. Didn't see him earlier, but hello to some of our fellow podcasting friends out there in the YouTube and and live chat space. There's a lot of people that do good work, hard work. It's not easy doing this, um, and it is it is fun though, or it can be fun. Last night wasn't very fun. So one thing I was looking at while you were talking about was point differential and sort of the space in the West. So you got the the Clippers that are six of their, they've won six of their last 10. Suns have won six of their last 10. Pelicans have won six of their last 10. They lost tonight to the Indiana Pacers. The Kings are currently um, five and five of their last 10. They're currently losing to the Nuggets. Um, and that seems like that game might, let's see here, where is it? I think that game uh, might be over. <laughs> that game might be over. Yeah, they're down by they're the the Nuggets are up by 18. But the NBA is a weird space. There's Lakers and Clippers just square off. So if you're a big like standings watch person and I kind of recommend it, um you're going to lose your mind. Just so you're clear. Uh <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you're going to look back at some of the Mavericks losses and like curse some of the things that have happened to these Mavericks. It's, it's just sort of, sort of the nature of things. Um, but the point differential thing is a little bit interesting to me. So if you don't really know about point differential over the course of the year, point differential is actually a historically valuable piece of, of data to let you know how good a team actually is. So, for example, if you were to support, or I'm sorry, if you were to sort the Western Conference by by point differential and rank teams that way, Oklahoma City would be first with a plus 8.3, Minnesota 7.3, and then there's a dip. It goes Clippers, Pelicans, Nuggets, Suns that all di- are between you know 4.7 points and 3.0 uh, points. The Warriors, hilariously enough, actually have a better point differential rating than the Mavericks, but I just... Their their win streak the last several games is is very fraudulent in my opinion just because of kind of who they played. The Mavericks are uh, a firm eighth in the West uh, with a one point three. The Kings are actually sitting there at at point six. And the more games you play, kind of the the better you, it 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 ends up really like it's it's a it is a dividing line is what I'll say. 
And so I'm I'm very curious just to see how this sort of shakes out. I don't know what the Mavericks point differential has been since they made the trade, which would be more valuable to me than what they did during the regular season. Because if you're missing 20 games without Kyrie, you're missing a gajillion games without Dante Exum and Maxi Kleba. I just don't really know who this team is. Now, what's been very fun uh, with regards to the Mavericks the last couple of weeks is that there seems to be a little bit of a curiosity factor involved in the teams like Stephen a smith went on a little bit of a, a, a tirade about how he's he's interested in the mavs now because his colleague tim legler said so um <laughs> which is i mean it, it's annoying so you're like okay you just can't look at the information in front of you Stephen a smith but the fact that somebody influenced him enough to say that after he didn't put uh luka Doncic on his uh all nba team last year is interesting to me um so i'm just the the, the next several weeks are going to be very different uh, with what's going on with relation to the Mavericks, they have a real chance to to you know if if they lose if they split these next two games, which are Boston and then Philadelphia, I think I will come out of that saying okay, that's okay. Let's just let's you know the Mavericks still have more road games to play than home games, so they have to figure out a little bit of their road not like struggles, but they need to start winning some more of those if they want to make a difference. But I'm I'm kind of coming to terms and coming to to peace with the fact that. They're probably going to be playing adjacent for the rest of the regular season. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think that's too much of a fiery take just because. Not criticism. It's just this tough. No, it's just the way it is. I mean, if they want to, I mean, they're, they got 34 wins. Uh, I mean, got what? 38 four? last year. Yeah, you know. Uh, I think like fifth, the, like from fifth to tenth, they're separated by like four wins, you know, something like that. So like mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it's going to be it. The standings are going to change like almost every other game, so they can still get out of the play-in. You know, I think, uh, yeah, you, you know, Phoenix it's, and the Pel- the Pelicans are pretty good. Phoenix, the Suns need to start losing games. They're the <laughs> ones with the supposed hard schedule that they keep not losing. Yeah, that, that one's tough. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, if you're looking at that, you know, I know you kind of were wondering about point differential for since the trade deadline. Well, last two weeks on cleaning the glass, this isn't necessarily point differential, but they're ninth in net rating um, in the last four games on cleaning the glass. Seventh best offense during that stretch, 15th best, best defense, which feels about right. Two and two. It's basically the games since the all-star break. That feels about right. And that's that's a bit higher than I think what they're doing right now on the season. Uh, I think, yeah, their season long net rating is about two and last two weeks, it's 6.1. So yeah, they're playing. I think they've, I mean, they're playing, I mean, it's unquestionable. They're playing better since the, the trade deadline. They're a better team. They have a better roster. I'm curious now because after the trade deadline, they had a, had a little bit of a cupcake schedule in terms of playing some, some pretty easy teams like New York was missing everyone. Brooklyn's bad, Washington's bad, San Antonio's bad. Um, I, I like seeing these games against like Oklahoma City at full strength, Phoenix, Indiana, Cleveland. Now they're going to play Boston. They're going to play Indiana, Miami. Again, they're going to play the Warriors. They're going to they're going to play a three game stretch of Warriors, Oklahoma City, and the Nuggets all three in a row here in March. Like I'm looking forward to the next like two to three weeks because they're going to finally be playing better teams consistently. After I feel like they kind of went through a two or three week stretch where they were just playing non-competitive teams for the most part, uh, so that that's when you learn the most. Like this win against Toronto was great and it's a stabilizing win, 
But I feel like we're going to learn a little bit more in the matchup against Boston and Indiana and Miami because those are teams that they need to measure up against. I'm not sure we're going to learn much against Boston. All right, Boston. Okay, I'll give you Boston. (laughs) But Indiana, Miami, the Warriors, those will be like nice tests against teams that are kind of similar win percentage-wise and and we'll see how the Mavericks stack up. But, yeah, Boston's like in another stratosphere. So if they lose that game. If they lose that game by 25, there's like no shame. Right. I mean, the only reason I like playing Boston is like Boston fans are just the best kind of sports sociopaths. Like, Lucas seems to get up for Boston too. There was a God, I got to go find it in my. Uh, there was a guy who posted something yesterday. It was like three or four days ago, but it was like this chart of um, Jason Tatum versus Luka Doncic, which apps like it was just the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, here it is. Um, I'll just share it real quick with, with the groups and then I'll read it out loud. So the audio people can, um, can see what I'm talking about, but it made me laugh so hard. It was just so objectively dumb. Um, let's see here. It says, we all agree on this, right? Player comparison. Tatum is better at scoring, not as good at shooting, not as oh, good at playmaking, but then better at rebounding individual defense, uh, per deep i don't know what the hell that is longevity peak and playoffs and like i i appreciate a good insane take i have them all the time but luca is the lead like like he has scored more points per game every single game per every single season that he's been in the league in comparison to tatum he's the league leader in scoring so to have tatum as a better scorer is insane i just i love it I love it. Oh uh, yeah, that's that. I mean, where did that come from? That came from. It's Celtics just like family. a random Celtics fan. Yeah, like, yeah, this is a shit. There are so many like fan accounts, and and I I love it because it it it's a good old like it's basketball based nastiness. Um, you know, it's like one of the things I always hated when like the Warriors played the Cavs is like all of a sudden it would become like a class discussion. <laughs> Where people from the Midwest and the West Coast would fight each other. And I'm like, no, I just get to hate the Celtics because I kind of still don't like Chris Dapps Porzingis. And I think Jason Tatum has has no left hand. And I not Jason Tatum. Um Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. It's just like I love being I love not liking them for basketball reasons. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, you gotta have your villains in sports. It makes yeah. it you know, yeah. I mean, and they have a what point. They have a plus ten point differential. Oh, they're, they're so they're so they're good. They're destroying they're teams, wiping the floor with everyone this season. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know what the Mavericks are going to do in that game, but it'll be third and four nights, fourth and six nights, last game of a road trip, four game road trip. Luca's going to have a birthday celebration tonight. Can't or, be understated. Yeah, or tomorrow, like either it's it's coming either tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Probably tonight. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Basically, every factor will be going against them. But, hey, that makes it all the more cool if they make it competitive. That's right. Or they steal it or something like that. And if they steal it, then everyone can start uh, printing their their NBA Finals tickets or or putting their down payments or whatever you get to do. Start planning the parade routes because it's going to get wild if they win that game. Anyway, this is just great. And the Sixers game will be fun because Sixers – East Coast sports fans are just a different breed. Yeah. (laughs) They are because built it's different. cold and you have nothing to do except get angry. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, all right. Is there anything else we should talk about? Man, I want to talk about last night. You want to talk more about last night? I want to talk more about last night because the, okay. uh, the, the, the referee, the last two minute report 
is some ministry of truth horseshit and the NBA is a fraudulent organization and I am pissed as hell. Do not lie to my face. Say we fucked up. Don't give me two minutes of correct calls with the exception of one three seconds in the key, which didn't matter. No one noticed. No one noticed on either team. I don't. Why does the NBA even release these last like because Mark Cuban bullied them in the early 2000s and this is a legacy of and no one is going to believe this particularly the younger younger people NBA refing in my opinion used to be worse because there was no accountability now we at least get lied to which you're <laughs> going to say that's worse like that's actually it feels worse but at least you now you know like with the tape and stuff that we get the one that really chapped my ass and I post I tweeted about it and somehow like Bob Sturm and and Mark Cuban retweeted me which is great for my mentions but there's a um who was it the the center uh Jared Allen yeah. is 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 basically posting up Max he's got his arm bar out right Maxie's kind of hooking the arm a little bit of hooking the arm so this could have honestly been a foul for either person and Allen just like he he loads a squat and shoves Maxi off. It's amazing. It's kind of an offensive line level play. And the last two minute report referred to it specifically as I think incidental contact. Yeah, like they accidentally ran into each other. There was nothing fucking incidental about it. Like just like, like, there's a ridiculous phrase. Don't don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. I don't mind that you made a mistake, but don't lie to my face. Yeah, it was, was marginal call, marginal contact. Thank you, Islam. You that was what it was. <laughs> there was nothing marginal about that level of contact. That Again, don't mind, but just say, you know, maybe something should have been called here. They didn't call Josh Green for tackling Garland. And then, would you believe it or not? Somebody pointed this out to me. I think it was, um, I think his name was Matt online, pointed out to me that, like, actually falling to the ground is not traveling. It's not traveling I, in the NBA rulebook. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know. I didn't know that one. I didn't know that either. You learn something new every day. What did you? What uh, can I? Can I go on my little? My I don't know if I'm gonna. I'll if I have myself. energy to rant it, uh, it won't take long. But uh, the way you were pretty exasperated about the that Jared Allen call, which you should have been. That was crazy. Um, I felt like I was going crazy seeing the reactions to the Tim Hardaway Jr. Kyrie Irving inbounds uh mistake that uh right before max true said his second three in a row like i got i saw so many people like first off it was a correct call and that i don't was think a anyone, call. i don't think anyone was once people saw the replay because i think the the original broadcast angle in real time it was hard to see tim initially inbound the ball because i think he was hiding you know I think some players were kind of covering him up from broadcast angle. And I think people just kind of saw the Kyrie part of it and thought that the ref kind of lost his mind. And then you see the replay and it's, it's clear as day. Like Tim grabs the ball, goes, goes to the baseline to inbound it, throws it into Kyrie who's in play. And then Kyrie isn't realizing what kind of what's going on and, and walks out of bounds thinking he's going to inbound it. It's, it's, it's an easy call. And it, I saw so many people that were like, that happens so many times every game. They don't you know why that was, like, right? Well, I you know, know why, why that happened. I do. Because Mark Folliwell is basically on the internet saying that everybody's wrong. And when the lead Mavericks broadcaster is picking a fight like this, because Mark doesn't do stuff like this, <sighs> it makes every, it, it basically gives credibility to the argument. I'm sorry, he's not correct. I just, Full stop. I, it's not I, Dirk stepping over the line. 
which is what people were talking about. It's not Dirk doing that, which is what everybody is remembering. It was he passed the ball to Kyrie Irving, who was in bounds with both feet. Kyrie walked out of bounds. I don't care what your intent is. You violated the rule. (laughs) Yeah. The end. That's not like, oh, we're not going to call carrying or traveling. That was like everyone was like, this happens so many times again. Please send me clips of that happening. Not like there a are player. Some amazing non calls. I, I understand. It was just like, I don't, I watch a lot of basketball. I felt like, am I being like gaslit here? Am I being like, what is going on? Because I just, I do not, I definitely see players, you know, kind of, oh, and then kind of come back and then inbound the ball. But I don't see guys inbounding it like the, like what Tim did to Kyrie and Kyrie walking in, uh, out of bounds. Ooh, that was crazy. I just, that doesn't happen. Like, it that, does, not, that does happen. not happen that often every game. I promise you guys. Yeah. Like, and there's all sorts of people that are mad about this. And I'm just like, we have this guy who writes for us, Matthew. The best part is Matthew's a literal police officer. Um, so rule enforcement is kind of his thing who gets like really, oh, he, he yeah. yells at us in the, in the chat about different rule interpretations. And even in, and when he, he came back and was like, yeah, I watched this. I, there's the ref had no choice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> This this is the it's the equivalent of of I'm trying to think of something similar where it's like if Patrick Mahomes had thrown and then was like but I didn't mean to throw it I I'm sorry you threw it to the other team what do you expect yeah. it's great great and I and I understand like the players being maybe frustrated because I mean like Kyrie thought he was going to be inbounding the ball uh, and I did see Kyrie talking about it after the game but like I don't know like. That scenario does the way that scenario played out does yeah. not happen multiple times. The PJ non call on the final basket was the one that killed me because he was fouled. That was that was clear as day. <laughs> and they're sitting there like, well, it didn't affect the shot. And it's like, but it's a foul. So it's like you're reading this NBA stuff, and like I've this is my own personal problem, but I've recently reread 1984 and like all of this, like when you when you see someone just lie in an official document, which is what the NBA did, I'm I am accusing them of lying. It turns me into even more of a like ridiculous sports conspiratorialist. There were so many fuck ups. Here's the the real thing that I know is a fuck up was the Hoop Collective podcast. So it had Brian Windhorst, Tim McMahon, and Tim Bontemps. They're NBA partners, okay? ESPN is some like, and so we we talk about this a lot, but it's like you don't see this level of scrutiny on the referees. They were like, "What is going on here?" This was a horrendously called game. They spent nearly twenty minutes talking about referees today. That does not happen. I don't want to act like the NBA is at this crisis point, but they have to get these guys to stop messing up like this. I'm sorry. Like this was they're gonna there's gonna be a playoff level kerfuffle with something like. You know, LeBron's going to bitch about something and it's just going to like blow up into this big thing. And all you have to do, guys, is is I don't act like it's super easy, but like you can't mess up these basics. That's all. Yeah. And this crazy. This was the same crew that ref that Knicks Pistons game that ended with Sir Thompson getting, you know, tackled at his legs for a no call at the end of the game, basically giving the Knicks a, a free mm-hmm. win. For but at least game. those referees after the game said, we made a mistake. It's the same ref. It was the same crew. Was it really? Yes. That's what I, I think. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was the same crew of that game. So that's why I'm like, look, if you mess up like that, maybe you, you sit, you sit some game, like sit that crew out. Like, Hey, you're in ref timeout. Like you Which have to happens. sit out. 
Yeah. No, it really happens. Like the yeah. NFL, the NFL kind of had this problem a couple of years ago. Do you remember? It was like a couple. It was a couple of Packers. When the ref, yeah, the ref strike. Yeah, there's it was, it was just like some weird stuff going on. Anyway, I, I hate to keep like I'm not a refs guy. I don't like talking about mm-hmm. the refs. It's boring. But this was just this was like just a bridge too far. Anyway. Yeah, that was crazy. Okay, so I'm gonna host a live show. We'll be back or a second live show that you can come participate in. So hang out here for just a minute. We're gonna let Josh go edit and throw some things up on Mavs Moneyball. We will have continued posts up about that. Um, for those of you listening on the audio stream, if there are enough listeners for a uh, for a a you know a Mavs party, I will throw it up as a secondary post in the feed. Um, last night we just had my man Brian, so I combined it all in one episode. So. You know, if you guys want to hang out and come talk basketball with me, I'll post the link here in a second. Those of you listening on the podcast feed the next day, look for the post at some point on Thursday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and I want you guys to have a good rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.